Chaos and Christ Podcast. Chaos and Christ Podcast. We honor Christ. Lift heavy weights, act like men, and resist tyranny. And now your host, Alexi Felix. Welcome back to Chaos in Christ. Guys, what a week it has been in the media world, in the political world. A lot is going on in our country, and I, I want to talk about things in politics. I really do. But at times when this is just simply a weekly show, I mean, the things change so fast that it's hard to keep up. But there are some things that I do want to talk about. But as you saw in Twitter, the announcement of Tucker Carlson's new show that he's going to be holding there was the uproar of the week, right? Everyone is very happy, and for the most part, me too, because I actually like Tucker Carlson's uh, talk show. I, I I think that for the most part, this man always brings an unbiased journalistic integrity that a lot of journalists today, they don't, they don't have, right? Everyone today is really just an activist or propaganda arm working to push a narrative that is, well, that is woke at this point. And so the announcement of Twitter on Twitter with Tucker Carlson coming forth, saying that he's going to be taking the same show he's been doing for six years and putting it on Twitter was a really good announcement because for me at that point in time, I thought, well, maybe the purchase of Twitter by Elon Musk may have been one of the greatest things to happen in our history to preserve free speech. Now, I always say this with a grain of salt because as far as Elon Musk goes, I like the guy, but then I don't trust the guy. There's a thing about him that throws me off. He talks about AI as a be afraid kind of thing. I don't trust it. I try to kind of circumvent the progress of it, but yet is a co-founder or investor with chat GPT and and then now recently announces a new CEO, uh, and I don't know much about this lady. I did see some things from other podcasters that basically highlight that she is a World Economic Forum chairperson, and I believe has a business, and I saw a video that they posted of her speaking about driving to push for equity and social justice in her company. So then there's that, right? So at one point, I'm thinking... Well, Elon Musk probably just saved free speech in this world, but then he goes and hires a World Economic Forum person. So, I don't know. I'm telling you, I have a bit of skepticism. But nevertheless, aside from that, I think it's good that Tucker Carlson, because he signed no contract, shook no hands, just decided to, for the most part, from what we can tell, announce his show on Twitter for free speech, you see pundits on the left side in legacy media literally outright saying that Tucker Carlson is just going to be let loose and free to say whatever he wants on Twitter and no one's going to police him. It's just going to be a free-for-all. These are literal talking points of journalists on TV, on cable news, worried about not policing someone. These guys aren't hiding the fact that they hate freedom of speech. They want that done. They want it to be censored completely. So something for us to really consider 
they're not hiding that truth anymore. And so what we have to figure out is, man, is freedom of speech something really that important that the left would hate it so much that they would even so boldly at this point in time in our history just outright say there's there needs to be policing? Well, it's important for us to figure out if it is, is it not? Freedom of speech, why it matters and what the Bible says. That is the title of this show, and we're going to go ahead and explain it. So the first thing I got to just kind of give you is a definition. What is freedom of speech? Freedom of speech. Free speech is the right to express any opinions or ideas without censorship or restraint. It is a fundamental human right that allows individuals to voice their thoughts and beliefs without fear of persecution or punishment. That is freedom of speech. It is our fundamental human right. It allows us to say what we think, voice our beliefs. As Christians, this is something that's very important for us, right? Because we have the ability here, especially in America, to gather together in a building that we are allowed to purchase and to preach the gospel, which we know is offensive to those that are perishing, which we know is offensive even now to those on the left. And on the right, I'm drinking some coffee, but that is, that is important because when we go out and we share the gospel, we preach the the truth, we exposit the scriptures, we get to go home at night, at least for now, without fear of persecution or without fear of the secret police dragging you in for saying the wrong thing from the pulpit. Or at work, especially when you're sharing your beliefs and maybe you get into a debate with somebody. We should be able to voice our beliefs without having to be worried about being censored. And yet, that's where we are today, especially on Twitter. Many conservative accounts, even the sitting president was completely censored and banned off a public forum. That's censorship. They didn't like what he was saying. Mean tweets, as it goes. And when you look around now, you kind of wish there was some more mean tweets these days, right? That is freedom of speech. So my intention is to walk through and provide a Christian worldview perspective from Scripture. So let's just dive in, all right? So the importance of free speech. It is important for us as individuals. It is our right, and it's important for democracy. Free speech is essential for individual rights democracy because it allows individuals to express their ideas and opinions without fear of retaliation or censorship. As I've mentioned before, this is what we should be able to do without any fear of retaliation or censorship. Because without free speech, people would not be able to voice their dissent, to criticize those in power or hold them accountable for their actions. Isn't that important? Especially now, in our time with the Biden regime, if you really pay attention, I don't care what aisle of the political side you kind of fall on, what we see right now is a huge negligence and a lot of gaslighting from this administration. And we should be able to voice our opinion. And for the most part, we we are still able to do that now. Like if you go online, you go on Twitter, I've been on Twitter And I've been able to see uh, their accounts and what they're posting and just straight up lies 
But then when you go in the comment section, I feel like, at least from what I can tell, a majority of Americans are really starting to see the gaslighting and the lying that this administration, this president, is consistently doing. And they're voicing their opinion in the comment section. You can see it. And it's good to see. It's good because, again, if free speech was completely stifled, you'd see none of that. We should be able to do this because what do tyrants want the most? What do totalitarians desire? They desire no dissent. They desire no criticism. But why? And, and this is just my opinion, but I think it, it falls pretty well. Criticism, dissent, is a outright rebellion against their order and their view, their worldview, and what they claim is true. And when you do that, when you dissent and you criticize, what you do is invite other people to then peek in and then to form an opinion. What does that mean? That means that you are challenging the other person looking in to critically think about some things. And for them, it's all about power. It's all about control. It's all about the narrative. And their narrative is true. They have an enemy. Every totalitarian government has an enemy. And they try to indoctrinate everyone. Gaslight everyone to see the enemy and believe that that is real and that it, there's a constant war that needs to be fought. There was many in the past, but today the enemy is the MAGA Republicans, right? That's who they have deemed to be the enemy of democracy. Every totalitarian has it. And so it's important for us to be able to hold them accountable and say, no, you are wrong. No, this is not what's happening. No, you are actually acting as a tyrant. No, this law that you are trying to pass, these executive orders that you are trying to push through, this bill that you are trying to get through Congress, it's nothing but climate hoax and banning gas stoves and things like that. Like, what is this? This is communism. And when you say these things, you allow people to maybe ask a second question. And that's when things start to kind of get confusing. Very important for us to be able to do that, but totalitarian governments hate that. This is essential for a functioning democracy because it allows citizens to participate in the decision-making process and hold their government accountable. We are a government of the people and by the people for the people. We are a constitutional republic. We vote in those we have chosen to represent us, but they work for us. We don't work for them. Now, they would have it the other way around because they think we're stupid. They think that we don't know better and that they have all the answers and that for, the, for our good, for the good of humanity, so they say, they have to take the power in order to make sure humanity doesn't bring itself to the brink of destruction because of how stupid apparently we are. I was watching a movie, the one of the uh, episode three of Star Wars. So it's the first part. I can't remember the title of the movie, but I love it anyway, whatever. And it's with Anakin having a conversation with Padme and they're talking politics and they're outside. And then Anakin starts to begin to just say what he thinks should happen. And he talks about saying that it should be that a group of people get together to decide what what people want 
see if that's what they deserve or need in order to get what, where they need to go. But if anything, there should just be a, a small group of people that know what's best and then make the decision. And Padme says, well, we do that, but we take it based on the vote of the people and then decide from there. But Anakin's whole idea was to simply say, well, no, forget what they have to say. It's us. We have the answers. And so Padme jokes around and looks at him and is like, oh, man, that sounds like an awful lot like dictatorship. And he chuckles it out because he's flirting with her as if it's a joke. But no, that's literally how Anakin <laughs> believed. And it shows uh, eventually that's where his heart was truly. I love that movie. I love the, the movie because if you even pay attention to the politics in Star Wars, there's a lot of correlation that is happening even now. Even the Babylon Bee has been making some correlation between Star Wars lately. Episodes 1, 2, and 3, which is the story of how Anakin becomes basically Darth Vader, how that t takes place. And the politics there, man, it, it really does resemble the takeover of a totalitarian government. And it's amazing to see because it's always been right in front of our face. Anyway, I thought I'd go off tangent to kind of share one of my favorite movies ever. But yes, this is important. You know, we allow, if we have free speech, we can then have the opportunity to make decisions based on our government and hold them accountable. But it's also important to see the historical examples of suppression of speech and its consequences. Like, for example, let's look at Roman Empire real quick. Rulers often censored or punished writers and speakers who criticized the government or spoke out against the established religion. And this led to the execution of philosophers such as Socrates and the exile of the poet Ovid. And then we have the Spanish Inquisition in the 15th century. The Spanish Inquisition was established to enforce religious orthodoxy and suppress dissent. Those who spoke out against the Catholic Church or the monarchy were often punished severely including the through torture and execution. A lot of people use the Spanish Inquisition as a very uh, black stain in the history of the church. And of course, no one's going to deny that. But then they will say, oh, see, that's why the church is bad. And then, but everything else is good, right? Please. It's sin. It's sin in the man that, that rules in the man outside of Christ. And you will find that person anywhere in any institution. You're just going to find that. And that's the whole point of what I'm trying to get at, too. Sin, when completely embraced with people that are power hungry, will do anything to stifle free speech and to get everyone to get on board and to basically step in line with what the narrative is. It doesn't matter where. But what we see in history's time is the examples of what happens when you are not allowed to actually say what you want to say, and criticize those that are in supposed power. Very important for us, the role of free speech in promoting intellectual diversity and progress, right? Because that is how we are able to create. We're able to challenge others, hold each other accountable, and push for innovation. If you are in business and you are working on a project, if you felt like you were not allowed to voice an opinion about a direction that the project manager, the boss, the CEO, whatever area in the business that you see yourself, if you didn't have the opportunity to actually voice your opinion and criticize how things were going, then you would have no partake in this whole process 
and you would feel as if you were simply working for a dictator. And a lot of times, a lot of what people want to accomplish, they can't do it by themselves because there's blind spots in everyone's lives. Even the geniuses need a little bit of an outside perspective in order to really make some shifts and to innovate and to continue to grow. And that's how we've been in America. We've been able to build upon things with the help of every individual because God has created us each individually with gifts, talents, and abilities that differ and work together for his glory to advance his purposes, to serve our neighbors. 1 Corinthians 12, 14, 20 says, For the body does not consist of one member but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranges the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. All of us are different, and yet, we serve the same purpose. Now imagine if in the body, your physical body, you needed to get a job done, but you said, hand, I do not allow you to participate. <laughs> it's like that form of free speech. How far are you going to get? I mean, I'm sure it's not impossible, but you really handicap yourself, no pun intended, from getting what you need to get done. It's like you war against yourself, but yet put out a mission that you truly believe in that you could get done quicker if you just stop holding back your hand from doing its part. That's what I see free speech as. We are a body, especially as believers, we are a body with different gifts and talents, and Christ is our head. And though we're different, we all bring something to the table that God is using for his purposes. Any person filled with the love of God, with the truth, who has desire to see God's glory honored and proclaimed, his word preached, would not want to stifle free speech. But all right, is free speech at all exemplified in Scripture? Does the Bible have anything to say about it? So let's go ahead and look at Proverbs. Proverbs 31, 8 through 9. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. For the rights of all who are destitute, speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. God has placed on us truth and is, and is telling us to speak up for those who can't do that for themselves because they have rights and they are in need. And we are to do so. We are to speak up and judge fairly. And that's what tyrants and totalitarians and communists and socialists, they do not like when you speak up because if you judge fairly, they will find themselves on that scale lacking and must be held accountable. But that's not what they want. Of course, that's not what they want. They want absolute control and power and submission. And when they have the power and submission, the rights of the poor and the needy are not met. Those are the ones that eventually we go under oppression and persecution, suffering. The church will get there too because no totalitarian government will ever 
be able to allow the church to just freely roam and preach and teach and minister and evangelize because they will then speak up. For example, right? Let's look at Acts chapter, let's look at Acts 18 to 20. I forgot to put the chapter down, so I can't even remember where this is at. But anyway, then they called them in, then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. What they were trying to do was to stop the preaching of Christ's resurrection and then the repentance of sin and the trust in Christ because they had just killed this man and they thought it would be done at that time. But if anything, it's just growing and his followers continue to grow. Their power is being taken from them because no longer are the people seeing them as the ones that have all the answers. Now they're finding freedom in Christ. The burdens that were weighed on the people by the Pharisees, by those that were deemed as God's people, God's ones that knew the the scriptures, was released and taken from them when the gospel message was proclaimed. And that took away their power. And they saw Christ do the miracles and do the work and then get crucified and then rise from the dead. That is an objective truth. They cannot help but speak about what they've seen and heard. And to deny objective truth is not good. It is a lie, and lying is a sin. And yet that is exactly what these people were trying to have them do, to completely deny the objective reality of what took place before their very eyes. What does that remind you of? I mean, today, that is literally the equivalent of saying, Well, a man can indeed be a woman, that woman can indeed be man, that gender is fluid, that there are a hundred and something genders out there. That's literally what we see today as being told as truth when we know objectively, objectively, based on science and just based on the naked eye, that there are only two genders, male and female. And to lie and to say there isn't is to is to lie, is to deny objective reality. Free speech is so important because right now it's trying to be taken away. Because now if you say the things that I'm saying, if you say that homosexuality is a sin, that transgenderism is is an abomination, it is gender dysphoria, there's mental illness involved in this, if you say that the castration and the mastectomy that's taking place with these children so their parents can transition their children so that way they can go online and gather praise is completely abhorrent and evil, then you will be canceled. You will lose your livelihood. You will be attacked. You will be threatened. These are realities happening now because they are attacking free speech now. This is the world that we're living in currently. This is not something that I'm worrying about in case it happens. It's happening now. This is why this is so important. Now, on the flip side, the importance of truthful speech, very important. But we also have to be careful of the dangers of false or harmful speech. 
Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. There's a power there that literally has life and death in it. Now, the left would use it and say, yeah, exactly. You know, words are violence. Your opposition, your denial of transgenderism, your dead denial, they say there's bigotry there. They say that there is oppression and violence there. And they would completely shut you down and cancel you. And that's what they say. And so you probably say, well, exactly. So then maybe, maybe I should never say stuff like that. But that's not the case. That's not the case because to lie to them and to agree with them is death that's coming from your tongue. And it shows that your heart hates them. See, this verse highlights the power of our words and emphasizes the importance of using our speech wisely. Our words can have a profound impact on others. So it's either for good or for evil. Therefore, we must be careful with how we use our speech as it has consequences that can affect not only ourselves, but those around us. Don't let them manipulate this, though. The truth is still important. God cares about the truth because he is truth. So to lie with them and go along with them is actually to have the power of death in your tongue. James chapter 3, verse 5 through 6 says, Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Do you see that? Such a small part of the body is able to completely create such evil. That is important for us to consider. We have to consider this. Now, the left would use this to manipulate it and say, well, then you should not say words that would cause transgender community, homosexual community, pedophile people to, to feel as though they are, there's violence upon them. Don't let them twist this. The evil that could be spread in one's life is to lie to them, is to go along with their insanity. Because to do so is to be complicit. God will hold you accountable for that. I, I encourage respectful dialogue and to listen to their viewpoints because obviously what's really happening here isn't just some sort of feeling that they have. There's something deeper going on with these people. And they need, truly need help. They need the truth. They need compassion. They need someone who would hear them. And so instead of trying to speak out from a place of superiority, just remember, you were shown grace as well. You were a sinner just like everyone else. And as long as you keep that at the forefront of your mind, when you speak and share the truth, you do it from a place of hope that they too will come to the knowledge of Christ, the knowledge of their sin and repent and be saved and come and be free from the shackles of oppression, of the tyranny of the devil. Because that's the real tyrant that we're dealing with here. It's Satan himself. It's wickedness. This is the spiritual war we are dealing with. And this is nothing new. We've seen this before in history's time. And so, actually, let's go ahead and look at free speech suppression in modern history. So let's 
two of the main ones that we know, the one main one we know is Nazi Germany. Nazi regime under Adolf Hitler heavily censored and controlled the media, banning books and newspapers that were critical of the government or promoted alternative ideologies. Individuals who spoke out against the regime were often imprisoned or executed. We all know this, right? We remember our history classes and we thought of this as the most abhorrent thing. And then we even asked, how did Adolf, I remember as a kid in school, how did Adolf pull this off? How did he get people to even go along with him? Well, honestly, guys, I think when I look at what is happening today, I can almost see how. Lies. Propaganda. Just things like that. Social justice. Understanding that there are people there that were voided of purpose who had no truth. And here comes Adolf to provide for that and to give them a sense of purpose. That's what social justice is today for a lot of people. Communist China. Under communist rule in China, speech and information are heavily censored and controlled by the government. So critics of the regime are often pretty much silenced through intimidation, imprisonment, and other forms of punishment. So I got four points for them. Number one, internet censorship. The Chinese government has implemented a great firewall that blocks access to foreign websites and censors content deemed sensitive or critical of the government. Popular social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, they're blocked in China. And then the search engines like Google, they're heavily censored. All right, Chinese citizens are also required to use their real name when posting online, making it easier for the government to track and monitor their activities. With us here, we could use some random email that we can create off the spot, put on some uh, photo that's like random and cartoonish, which we see that a lot, and then some random off-the-wall name and then use that as your alias. But there, no, they have to make sure they're using their full name because they're monitoring. Big Brother is making sure that there is no dissent, no criticism, that they are doing everything lock and step with the party. Number two, media control. We can see that now even in our country, but the Chinese government heavily censors and controls the media, both domestic and foreign. State-run media outlets are strictly controlled by the government. And then journalists who report on sensitive issues or criticize the government, they face severe consequences, including imprisonment. Foreign journalists working in China also face restrictions and harassment from the government. They're not really journalists at that point. They're just a propaganda arm. They are pawns to drive a narrative, rewrite history, and evoke the emotions of the public to believe a certain thing. They're gaslighters. And the government controls them. Remember, a journalist is supposed to be unbiased, objective, reporting facts, doing the research, finding out the clues, and then laying them out, and then allowing the public to decide from themselves what they have. That's not the, the case in China. And you know what? It's not the case today, even in our journalists. Not until James O'Keefe came out, and now... And he's still doing his thing that we can see that, okay, journalism is unbiased. It, it, it's supposed to really just spit out the facts, show the truth, and then let us decide from there. But we're seeing now that even in our legacy media, that is definitely not the case. What about number three, I believe? Yeah, crackdown on dissent in China. The Chinese government has cracked down on dissent, targeting activists, human rights lawyers, and other critics of the government. 
And in recent years, the government has detained and imprisoned journalists, bloggers, and social media users for expressing dissenting views online. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I write a blog or this podcast goes out and I'm saying I don't agree with Biden's administration and the next day I'm locked up. Not far, I don't believe. Now, I still praise God that we still have some freedoms now that I'm able to talk like this. But all this is recorded. And when the time comes, it could be that they see this, <laughs> hear this, and I'll be faced with uh, repercussions. Because that's what cancel culture does today. They go back years even now and start canceling people. Anyway, the government also uses surveillance technology to monitor citizens and track their activities in China. It is wild. But they do. They have the technology. They, they have the apps. They can scan your facial expressions and your face just to determine who you are. They have a social credit score. And there are things that you can do to raise it. There are things that you do that will decrease that score. Going to church, that will decrease that score. This is important, guys. This is why I'm talking about this. It is important to protect free speech in our society in modern days to prevent such atrocities from occurring again. And a lot of us honestly think that it can't happen to us. That is the arrogance of us here in America. But you know what? That is just people. When I read the Old Testament, I see that whenever Israel was blessed by God, whenever he showed them steadfast love and mercy and prospered them, they then turned from God, went to idol worship, complained, grumbled, did all kinds of wickedness, broke God's commandments, and then had to suffer the judgment of their sin. They would go through tyranny. Other nations would kind of plunder them and take over them because they would not repent. They would repent, get the blessings, do it again. It is such a, a vicious cycle, and that is what sin is. That is what the tyranny of the devil is. And right now, we have to understand that this is the heart of the matter. I take interest in this thing, in these things because Scripture has revealed to us the heart of man and why Christ died on the cross for us. We are a stiff-necked, hard-headed people. And we, outside of Christ, love our sin so much. And sin rules us. It is our nature. And that is why we need a Savior. That is why we need to be redeemed. And we need to be set free from the bondage of this sin. Because this is where it, where it leads. Chaos. Chaos in so many ways. And when sin is prevalent in the lives of those that are in positions of power. Positions of leadership. That's when, it's, when you can see the danger most. Because with that power and then that sin. There is corruption. There is evil. And you need to see this. And we need to get to a place in our country, especially now, that we need to give back to biblical truth. We need to acknowledge that free speech isn't all perfect. It must be balanced with responsibility, but it is our God-given right. Now, we have to be careful with, the, with how we speak, right? Like if we come from a place of hate and then trying to incite violence, because that can't happen. We can incite violence with our words. That's, this is true. But don't let them lie to you and say that, oh, the incitement of violence is the truth that you speak. That's a lie. And it has to be spoken. But if you're a manipulator, a slanderer, a gossiper, and you set fires with one spark to a forest and create this division and dissension between groups, God will hold you accountable. We have to be very careful with our speech 
But the fact of the matter is this, we are to speak the truth. The truth of what the scriptures teach, the truth that God is king, he is sovereign over all government entities on this earth, that we will bow the knee to King Jesus, that certain things are sins that God has revealed through scripture, and we must call those to repentance. Those are the things they want to stifle. Those are the things you need to stay truthful about. And for the tone police out there, you can say these things in the most softest, effeminate voice you possibly can find, and you'll still be canceled and found out if you stick to the truth. It doesn't matter what your tone is. Tone only matters when you can tell the person is coming from a place of hate, not to, to see one come to repentance, but to see one get pummeled with embarrassment, to make someone feel lower than. There's hate in that person's heart for sure. But at the end of the day, your tone really doesn't matter. Because I speak with a lot of passion. And sometimes it may come across as if I'm being really rough and loud and angry. But I speak from a place of love because I want to see you guys come to the knowledge of truth of who God is, who Christ is. And that may turn other people away. So be it. So be it. But we have to be careful with this. But nevertheless, the Bible calls for free speech that is truthful, kind, and edifying. And it is important for us to listen to others and to seek common ground, to have compassion, yes, to be graceful because you have been shown grace, but to speak the truth nonetheless. The key points here, guys, is that free speech is important for a free people. Free speech is obviously provided to us in Scripture. Free speech in uh, modern history, you can see closely what happens when it's suppressed. Recognize that it's a responsibility that God has given to us to glorify him and to serve our neighbor. Be careful with it. But nevertheless, my brothers and sisters, be encouraged. Defend and promote free speech as a fundamental right for all people because it wasn't given to us by the Constitution. It was given to us by God in which the Constitution written by our forefathers recognizes. These are our rights, and this is the truth, and we need to stand for it. And so wherever you find yourself now in your world, simply put, do not live by the lie and always be faithful to the truth. I hope you found encouragement in this. I hope you are able to see a new perspective. Please share this podcast with one or two people. Put this, post this on your social media. Share that. Follow this, subscribe to this show so that way you are notified each and every time a new episode is dropped. And if you can do me the favor, please leave me a rating and review. It's helpful. It gets the podcast going. I appreciate it. And that's it, guys. We're done. But as I always say, in the midst of chaos, just remember, Christ is there. If you found value, then please subscribe and leave an honest rating and review. And remember that in the midst of chaos, Christ is there.